So this is episode one of six to four. Welcome to the very first podcast uh, episode of six to four. It's a podcast about the behind the scenes of the sports industry. So each episode, we're going to bring in a new guest with a unique perspective on the world of sports, showing us that every job is important for the success and fluidity of the organization. So today we have the pleasure of interviewing Matthias Leboy Paxman. Yeah, give him a applause. There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Matthias, uh, from my understanding, you work for the New York Giants Foundation as a 50-50 raffle seller, right? Yeah, that's entirely correct. So this past season that ended abruptly because the Giants were not that good of a team, unfortunately, I was a 50-50 raffle salesman for all their home games. And I also had the privilege of kind of passing by for some of the Jets games as well whenever the Giants had the away game because they both played the same stadium. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty much it was a nice uh, four or five months for the Giants Foundation. And if you have any questions, I'm open to answering them at all. Well, oh, yeah. Good, That's good why that I you have questions because we have plenty. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I think I feel like the audience would like to know, how does someone get involved doing uh, working with foundations with an NFL team? Well, for me, my school has an exclusive business partnership with the New York Giants. So I attend Fordham University in New York, and they have that exclusive relationship. So I constantly get, um, it's kind of like a LinkedIn for schools called Handshake in the States. So there's constantly notices of the Giants and the foundation as well. They're kind of asking for students to come volunteer or students to come interact with the team. There's a variety of different roles. So they often put out case studies a lot of the time that students can participate in. And people who have been active with like the Giants Foundation and the Giants team itself can then take advantage of that and then just apply for a role that they have offered. A lot of the times it's a lot of stuff in like business development, data analytics and stuff like that. A lot of times it's fun stuff in like sports marketing as well. Then they also do the foundation and charity side of things, which I took the, the opportunity to kind of take part of this offseason and this season as well. Yeah. Did you uh, also do one of the case studies for them? Yeah, I did a case study a while ago that was talking about aging demographics because you find that um, it was kind of it was, it was a very like informative case because you find that a lot of the sports league, their their average fan is kind of in the 50s or like the yeah. late 40s. And it's like the NFL struggles with that extremely because um, a lot of the younger fans these days, they kind of flock towards basketball because basketball has a like the NBA itself has a lot of really good marketing mm-hmm. on things like Instagram and stuff. They always get a lot of highlights, a lot of coverage. And the NFL, not so much. The NFL had like, um, if you if you follow football a lot, you've seen them like um, lately a bunch of like the the people that you kind of grew up watching, like uh, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and so on. Drew Brees. They've kind of left the scene, and now you have this younger audience, like of um, kind of NFL stars who are more active on social media. They're more involved. I think everyone's seen kind of Joe, Joe Burrow yeah. and kind of how exciting he is of a personality. And so essentially, the case study was kind of like. How can the Giants take advantage of the fact that the the demographic is going to change and how can they make how can they bring in younger fans? Because the younger fans are the ones who are going to be more dedicated to the franchise over the long run. And so in the end, um, we proposed a variety of different solutions, a lot of them based around kind of switching the way they did social media, because the Giants before they were it was very kind of um, like it was very formal, like everything they put on social media felt like a press release. It Mm. wasn't like exciting, wasn't interactive. And so all the groups that kind of did the case study gave that feedback. It's like, if you want to get a younger audience, you need your social media game to get stepped up. It has to be entertaining, it has to be interactive, it has to be informative as well. But it has to also kind of take the highs and lows and kind of capitalize on kind of getting the audience involved with the team, even when there's an off season and so on. And so I think around November 2020, I might be getting my dates wrong. There was a massive shift in the way the Giants just did their social media. Like it was an absolutely like resounding change. You could tell that they took all the feedback all the case study participants gave and actually applied it like they're 
if you go on some Giants posts right now, you see like give this guy a raise, social media team, give him more money. Like they're just killing it out here. <laughs> and that's only been like two years now looking back at it, that change occurred. But it's really kind of exciting because it really does capitalize on the fact that you can like impact these teams because they want to know what like a younger generation thinks and how they can kind of change the landscape for the team as well. And so, yeah, the case study, I was a group, group of five. We proposed a variety of different solutions, most based around kind of changing social media and kind of different audience, audience targeting and how they can improve on that. And then eventually the kind of the Giants kind of applied a lot of those ideas. Like there was a lot of open conversations with like people from the Giants, like a lot of executive team members about how like you can apply this and I can make those changes. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a really interesting. I never, you think about a sport like the NFL, it's such a big sport in the United States. You don't really think about how you, how, you know, you can get the youth involved and if it was actually an ongoing problem, but that's actually interesting to hear. But um, what's, uh, what's basically a nine to five kind of look like for you? If you're, if you're working one of the Sunday games or you're there, mm-hmm. uh, what's kind of whole process from start to beginning? Yeah. So I, I, unfortunately MetLife stadium is in the middle of rural nowhere. It's super <laughs> deep in Jersey next to like farmland and swampland kind of a, it's a long commute. So I had to go from Brooklyn all the way to, to Rutherford, East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's oh, about God. an hour and 40 minute commute. It's, it's a, oh, atrocious, man, especially when uh, you had to get there for like an 11 AM game, you had to get there at nine 45, which means waking up like almost six 30 to get there. The commute just takes forever. <laughs> But essentially, the the breakdown is you get your kind of notification like this is when you have to be here. They give parking passes as well for students who are like or for just employees who would drive in. But um, I didn't have a car in New York, obviously, as a student kind of studying abroad. So I had to take the, the subway, the train, bus and so on, had to kind of mix all those up. And so essentially you get there at the assigned time. And so, for example, tickets would always start like raffle tickets will always start selling two hours before the game because that's when they let people into the stadium. But um, most people don't want to enter the stadium two hours and kind of sit around and not really do anything. Right. So we had like uh, almost 90 minutes to kind of kill around the time. And we had like the, the privilege of having like an all access pass. So we could really just roam the entire stadium. We could walk onto the field if we wanted to. It was just like a good time, even though it was super early in the morning a lot of time. But you got to see people warm up. Sometimes you got to talk with like coaches and sometimes you got to like film like um, a bunch of people kind of working out and like the pregame and stuff like that. You could easily get like a like some big mentions on Twitter. If you kind of drop that footage early, like people like love seeing that. And so from there, I guess uh, if we do like a, let's start like 11 o'clock game. So you get there 945 ish, maybe a bit earlier, you get all your equipment. So you have um, like your ticket sales, the printer, like the credit card scanner and so on. You just kind of roam the stadium 90 or so minutes. And then people start coming in and then you kind of just like, no one's really buying tickets at that point. Like you're trickling so on. And you have like different fixed positions in the stadium. Sometimes you're at a kiosk, which means you just stay there. And sometimes you have like a rolling position. It means you have to like cover a certain amount of seats, like a certain area. And so you just kind of do back and forth. And then the game starts and everyone's kind of like, there's like different phases of it. Like halftime, a lot of people buy tickets and the tickets stop selling at the end of the third quarter. So those are the big rushes. But the rest of the time, you kind of just get to like roam around, kind of watch the game a lot. And then you get to talk to a bunch of people who are fans. And um, <laughs> there was a huge decline in kind of like the, the sentiment fans had because the team just went worse and worse <laughs> as the season went on. There's... um. There's also kind of a bit of confusion because just when you wear like a like a Giants fat, like a I guess it looks like an employee uniform. A lot of people would like just in their kind of drunken stupor would just be like, wait, you're, you're costing our team. So when he wins, like, why are you not doing anything? Yeah. I'm just like, man, I'm just selling tickets. Like I have no <laughs> control over the team. Like the, everyone was kind of frustrated halfway through. But yeah, it was it was certainly enjoyable. The community, and everything, and then just getting there to watch the game. And then they give you kind of food afterwards to hang and hang out. And then you have the whole fourth quarter to watch and you still have like the uh the all access pass or like the uniform. 
And so you can kind of just sit anywhere, like a nice spot, like in the, in the hundreds and kind of watch the rest of the game and so on. Oh. And you're just chilling. Wow. You can get kind of really close to like field level, center field level, if you're kind of in with the, the security there. It was, it was like a lot of fun to kind of watch like the very few close games the Giants had just come back <laughs> in like super expensive yeah. seats. And so, yeah, that's for sure. I think that covers most of it. That's yeah. awesome. That sounds very cool. Like, honestly, were you always a Giants fan? Uh, yeah. So I, I, at one point, like, um, football, like NFL was not like super big in my family. Like, uh, my dad wouldn't watch it so much, but then like, um, as the Patriots started winning more and more, he mm-hmm. kind of was like, you know what? I'm a Patriots fan. He grew up. In Boston, <laughs> so I don't, I don't consider him a bandwagon. Makes fan, sense. I, was just okay, like, yeah. I was just like, I, I don't like, I don't follow the bandwagon. Let's choose like the, the kind of the underdog, the guys who kind of came out of nowhere and kind of pulled the, the big win. So I became a Giants fan, like the, like early 2010 or so. Like right okay. after they okay. had their, their, their earlier Super Bowl win. And I was just like, I love this team. Like it's getting, really getting going. And I got to kind of watch like uh, as the team developed and then obviously fell off a cliff for like a decade. <laughs> but it was really, yeah, I was a Giants fan for, I, I consider like half of my life at this point. I, it's just like I was not introduced to football. It was like a super, super early age. So this is like a dream come true, I guess, for you. Yeah, right? it was certainly, yeah, it was certainly really exciting. I my obviously my biggest regret is just kind of the Giants were not a good team. So there was like <laughs> situations where I was just like, damn, I don't, I don't, like, don't want to go. I got to watch this. Yeah, I don't want to sit the fourth quarter when they're down like 35. <laughs> that, 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 that hurts. But yeah, it was certainly like it was awesome to kind of like get it all like kind of under wraps because it always is also kind of surprising kind of just apply. And you're just like, you know what, if I don't hear back, it's OK. Like I, they probably got like a bunch of people and they 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 certainly did have like a kind of select audience and like um, like several interview rounds for the position. But it was just in the end when I was just like, yeah, come come to East Rutherford, come like watch the games. You're going to enjoy them. It was just like it really did feel like a dream come true. Like I'd only been to like a select number of Giants games before. And then after that, just kind of going in and just like having that like almost every week, two weeks kind of opportunity to watch them live and like great seats and like work out, like um, kind of selling tickets, like having good interaction with all the fans and so on. And even sometimes like talking to staff and then especially when there's like uh, alumni players who come back to do like different types oh, of yeah. media things. You get to like talk to them up close because you're like all access. You're just like, wait, I'm just going to roam in right behind. Just like say hi to Victor Cruz, see what's up. <laughs> and so that's like, that's just kind of, it was really like a dream come true. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, the only drawback was the Giants were not a good team. And so <laughs> yeah. there was, there were like certain times it was like, damn, I would have to commute all this time. Yeah. just going to get blown out by 50. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, certainly I would certainly do it again. Yeah. Without a doubt, it was a great experience. And the one thing is like, if you're looking for, a job in any type of sports field or like sports marketing or like business analytics, you make super good connections. Like you, there's no, like, um, there's no like supervisor, then like uh, executive, you like, you're talking straight with the people who manage like the foundation. And then they can always put you in touch with like people who do like HR for like the rest of the departments and so on. And that's super cool. Just yeah. like the ability to network with like actually very impactful people for the giants team. And that's, that's, that's amazing in my opinion. Yeah. Sounds like there's been a lot of memorable and crazy things that happened to you so far working for the giants. Can you think of one memory, you know, if it was a game, a conversation you had, something that's just lodged in your head, it's not leaving, you keep thinking back and remembering it, that happened working for the Giants? Yeah, let me, let me think for a second, because there's, there's obviously a couple. Yeah. But I think the, there was one game that they kind of came back out of nowhere. And then I think there was, I was like seated in the 200s in like the booth area, kind of selling tickets in that spot. So just roaming back and forth. And I I hit my daily quota for like my tickets. So I was kind of taking it easy. And so I was just kind of enjoying. And then I got waved over by one of the fans. Like, you know, you probably work too hard. You've been on your field. They like, come sit down like have a beer. I was like, I can't do the beer, but I'll just like, I'll sit down. I'll enjoy the time. And he just told me like how he's been like, um, 
like a season ticket holder for like two decades. He's been coming here. Like he knows the team isn't that good. But you know, he just goes there because he loves die like, hard. Like, like, yeah, die hard fan. He knows that like this is not like a optimal Giants playing, but like this is just like he goes there because he loves the team and he's been at it for like almost like 30 years at that point. So he's just telling me kind of his breakdown story about like how he's done and like how he's loved the season tickets, how like the like they're so accommodating to the season ticket holders. Like they always like check up. They always like see how they're doing. Like they have a lot of good feedback with the season ticket holders and like in terms of like a an open communication relationship, which is super cool to hear. And so he's just kind of giving me his breakdown. And then like the, he's like, you know, this game, like I'm feeling a Giants win. At this point, it doesn't look like it's happening. He's like, you know, like I, I've been to so many of these, like I, I can feel it in my gut. Like he has a good gut feeling about it. And I'm just like, ah, there's like plenty of time left. I don't know if they can pull it off. And he's just like, don't worry, just lay back. It's like, sit down, just like watch the game. You can like have faith in me. And I was like, okay, like I, I can do it. And um, the thing is like, um, you can't, uh, out of New York, you can't do sports betting. Well, you couldn't yeah. do sports betting until just recently, but when you're in Jersey, you can. So, like, it's uh, when I go to Jersey for the Giants game, I also like put up a couple props for like some gaming <laughs> events. And, yeah. And so, like, I was just like, you know, I'm going to double down on like the Giants win today just off what this guy says. And they pulled through. And I was like, damn, <laughs> well, that's a good feeling. Like, you know, the, there's still fans so, like have that faith, that trust, like that hope, yeah. even though the team wasn't performing well. And just to hear like how much like the longevity of how long he'd been a Giants fan and then a season ticket holder, that just like it's very refreshing when like the rest of the fan base was super frustrated all the time. They're like, yeah. fire GM, fire the head coach, fire everyone. Like, I don't want to oh, see yeah. employed anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it was just very nice to hear this guy who had like, you know what, they'll figure it out over time. And he was just very kind of calm and, and just kind of enjoying the game where a lot of people are just like, damn, I bought these tickets and I have to go here and watch this terrible team. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to go and enjoy it. Like, it doesn't matter. He's very laid back, and yeah. that was very nice. It's like a typical Sunday for him, you know? Yeah. Some people watch yeah. it from their home. He's just like, no, I got the season tickets. I'm just going yeah, to have a that casual gut. Sunday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that gut feeling, that gut has some some money uh, worth in there. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I've also got a question for you for, like, the events that you did. So when you were working with the Giants, did they have any particular kind of, like, events um with the raffling so i know it was every sunday that is an event in itself but was there anything like uh really big like uh, when they would announce the winners of that how was that like too yeah so they just like at the end of the third quarter they would like stop selling tickets and about five minutes later they just put on all like the billboards raffle ticket winner it's not like a it's not like a crazy thing like it's always mm -hmm. low-key if you win then you have to like walk down or claim your thing like a year like you have a what? year to claim essentially yeah. your money so it's like um, it's very like relaxed kind of when they do make like the announcement of the winning ticket guy. And then they usually they don't usually claim right then and there. Like it's very, very uncommon for the person to claim on game day that they won. They usually check later. Exactly. Like, yeah, they, check, they check later or they check online like the winning ticket winner, especially because a lot of the games are blowouts. So people just dip after like the, the third quarter. <laughs> they just they head they'd head home and they check online. They come back later. But um, yeah, it's, it's like a very low key thing. They just put up the number. There's no like this is the winner go, go, go. That's just like, it's very laid back. It's like, these are the winning numbers. It's like, if you won, visit this area, otherwise go online. Like it's very kind of, it's low key. They try to keep it that way. Um, but apart from that, different events now, it's kind of very much the same system. Like you just sell tickets till the end of the third quarter and then you just announce it. There were different kind of um, uh, like different, like I guess Sunday events. Like there was like a Marvel meets like the Giants Day where they gave everyone comic books. There's like different types of like, um, like on game day events. And then, like, um, there was also, uh, like, Eli Manning's, like, uh, jersey retirement there as well. So there was, like, a nice. bunch of very, like, impactful days that also kind of impacted, like, the, the amount of people who came in and, like, the ticket sales. But there was nothing really, like, as a unique raffle event that kind of changed anything. It just stayed, like, 50-50 raffle just like that.
You ever had a, a conversation with a player or uh, exact anyone that uh, that you know people would recognize their name of? But uh, any any uh, uh, sorry, uh, ever have a convo with those type of players that you remember or sentimental to your heart, anything like that? Yeah, they're they're not really full convos. They're more just like like I recognize you, like yeah. I'm working here, and just like you know, like I love what you did for the franchise. Yeah, it's certainly Victor Cruz. He came by I think the week before, like the Marvel um kind of uh giants collab and it was just nice to see him like he was just hanging out he was talking to other people but i was just like you know like i watched you growing up i love what you do like the salsa like i was all for yeah. that like it's like great seeing you back here and he's just like you know what like i love people who kind of come all the way here and just like watch games it was a very like, brief conversation because everyone's obviously super super busy on, yeah. on sundays especially for game days but yeah certainly kind of seeing like one of those like idols that i really like like I aspired to be when I was like a younger kid. It's just like, it's really nice to kind of see and act like have a conversation with them and they turn out to be just like, as you expected, just a super sincere and nice guy. Like that was really great. But unfortunately, like the rest of the kind of conversation, just like, you know, you wave at yeah. Daniel Jones, like you see a bunch of people kind of just chilling during like warm ups and stuff like that. Like, you know, just a wave there, like you salute them and so on. But like not, not really like full-fledged conversations, unfortunately. Everyone is super, super busy on Sunday. They're all focused well, on the game. They're yeah. not. So I want to ask you as well, what what do you think about the whole Brian Flores situation that's going on? Yeah, like... Um, you don't I, have to have an opinion. If you yeah, have, you know, have one or anything, you can. Yeah, I, I got to say, like, I haven't been following, like, management and so on because um, I'm in the UK, so five hours ahead kind of kills watching sports. Like, NBA games are, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. here. And, like, oh my all God. news gets released in, like, the middle of like, <laughs> dinner time or, like, at, like, super early in the morning. And so, like, I'm, like, I'm always behind on those things. Like, I have a friend who's a Dolphins fan, and then we all, we like, he's a diehard Dolphins fan, and he only found out, like, a day later. Like, it's super hard to kind of follow, like, yeah. NFL here. So, like, I'm kind of, like, um, just reading, like, um, back and just, like, seeing the news. And, like, honestly, it's, it's, it is troubling. Like, there's always been, like, um, that idea that there has been, like, a lot more racism in the league than people think. And then I obviously haven't read the entirety of the thing. I do think that the Giants probably – were in the wrong well they were in the wrong there but i don't know to like what extent obviously like there are there are two sides to it yeah, but um is. but um most certainly they did i do think that based on like the text message and so on there's like a lot of malpractice there especially in the business sense um i i'm not sure how it's going to kind of play out in the future i don't I, like at least from what i've heard in like a group chat i have with like a couple of friends i worked with uh at the giants foundation none of them are too like kind of worried long term they're just like you know what these things happen you know like the giants will they'll fix themselves up internally and they'll kind of move on to like a better condition. But like um, in terms of like, I guess a more fledged opinion, like I, I haven't kind of had the opportunity to kind of form one. Like I can't be fully informed, unfortunately, just kind of being so delayed from the news and so on. Like I didn't have the chance to go on Twitter the second it happened yeah. and see what everyone thought there. So yeah, it's a lot of retroactive kind of seeing what all like the news and like the sentiment is about it. But I, from at least like the groups I'm in, a lot of people are just like, you know what, this it sucks. Of course, like this is not what we want to hear, especially at a time like this. Like, I'm sure that, like, it'll resolve itself in the sense that, like, like people will be, like, remediated. And then everything will, like, kind of sort itself out. And the Giants will become, like, a better franchise due to it. And that's, like, what I really, like, I like to hear. Uh, you uh, are studying abroad here in London. Uh, Olivia actually let me know yesterday. Um, she told me you're a big sports fan. Any soccer games you've been to? You big soccer guy? Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, king um, stadiums there you can go to. Yeah. But have you, have you been yet? Now, one of the surprising things here is like the season ticket holders, they book the entire stadium. Like it's super common to just see like entire sellout places with only like yeah. 10% of tickets for like public sale. So one is I haven't had the chance to go to a soccer game yet. They're just mad expensive just because there's just so few tickets actually on sale for the public. 
Um, and I'm not really like a big soccer guy, you know, I'll go there because just like events and stadiums in the UK compared to the States, there's just like a huge vibe difference. Like yeah. it's a young audience drunk as hell, just going crazy chanting for like four hours. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to check out though, is like a rugby game that goes on here. I know like uh, I played rugby in high school in CJEP. And so just kind of going back and getting like that, that full kind of UK rugby feel where it's like, it's super big here. It's gonna be like a sold out crowd and everyone's drunk and chanting and having a good time. Like that's one thing I'm trying to do like at some point in March. But yeah, unfortunately, just because of like just the sheer cost of like a soccer <laughs> ticket, it's just yeah. like it's very, very hard to do. You have to find like someone like, you know, on the inside who's willing to like sell or just like has like an open spot or something like that and talk to them. And then that's also super hard to find, like just like the right conditions to kind of get like a ticket that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could go to like, I don't know, one of those like college games. They don't have that there. Like a poverty game. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, like a university game. Do they have those things there, or yeah, are they, they like they, arm and a leg? No, they they do, but they're just like when you have a like the opportunity to like if you want to like splurge on like a big game, you might as well go for the big game. But like yeah. obviously, that's like a second option. You know, like it's at one point I give up like mid March, like damn, I'll just go to a college game and just kind of enjoy that. They're obviously gonna be good too. You might as well see when like the big teams play and just like the whole crowd go crazy. Mm-hmm. So you're still at Fordham. You're in London yeah. right now. And you worked for the Giants. Um, You've done other stuff, I'm assuming, as like kind of like internships and all that stuff. What is your goal at the end of your degree? Like what what is your kind of career path? You're already living life right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like um, I I have no idea where like my my end end goal is. Like one thing that I love is like finance, sports, real estate, and then just like general like – I guess, digital media, so things like YouTube, Twitch, so on like that. So I, like what I've been trying to do is kind of like get a, a sufficient backing in like all those fields and then like come like two years down the road, just like, you know what, I have experience here so I can decide to do this. Like I'm not kind of streamlining one straight thing like a bunch of people do. Like nothing is wrong with that, but I'm just kind of, I'm so undecided because there's just so many opportunities. That's the one good thing about New York is like just when you think you know something like, damn, there's something else here available that I might as well try. And so it's certainly like I... I loved working with the Giants. It was it was awesome. Uh, I love to keep, go back and do something else in a different position, something more like formalized and so on. But then at the same time, I also have to kind of explore my other stuff. Like maybe there's something for me in like real estate, some like prop tech stuff or something in finance as well. So I'm, I'm undecided, Olivia. I don't know for sure yet, but I'm trying <laughs> to keep okay. my options open. That's okay. That's okay. So you got far options. down the line. Exactly. Yeah. You got options. You've been, you know, dipping your toe in. If you yeah. can make it there, you can make it anywhere, as Frank Sinatra once said. Yeah. So yeah, but that sounds awesome. Um, I'm. Are you looking to go another season with the Giants, or this is just a like a one season thing? Yeah, I'd for sure love to go back. It obviously depends on like um, just the the timing as well, because it'll be my last semester when it's there next okay. season. So it's obviously kind of just making sure that because I have to like load my classes up to kind of finish uh, like a semester early. So it's all about like that time constraint and okay. seeing how it is. Because like essentially, when you work a Giants game, you lose an entire Sunday. Just because you, by the time the game's done, you're you've been up at six. Like the game's done at around like three ish, and then you're just exhausted from the commute back. So you get back at like five, and then that's just like it takes out the entire day mm-hmm. on Sunday. So it's all about like seeing if I can work a good schedule around it. But like mm-hmm. if that if the situation is available, I'd love to go back and sell tickets. Otherwise, if they have like another position open for like another thing, they always do stuff for like business development, data analytics, a lot of marketing stuff as well. They have like a couple operations positions that have opened up, I think. And so I love to probably apply to one of those and see how that goes as well. But yeah, certainly it was just like 
in terms of like having a good relationship, like management, like the people you work for that it was like, it was a class, it was a master class. I'm just kind of being able to like talk to them, give feedback, like how's your experience going? They, they very much cared about like how your day was kind of selling tickets. And then they'd always be, it was very positive, the atmosphere all the time. It's like, you know what, like we hit our goal. Are we just short of our goal? You know, that's okay. But thank you for coming out. Like it shows okay. a lot of good enthusiasm. They were very encouraging. They'd have like good follow-up emails and they'd be very like kind of thorough on like, here's when you have to arrive here, are, like the game pass tickets, like here's when you have to get to the gates and so on. They were very, very good about all that. So certainly like in terms of a work environment, that was just amazing to work in. And so, yeah, certainly if the opportunity arises, I'd love to go back and do something for them. Awesome. Oh. That sounds like an incredible experience. I know you're going to carry that forever. I remember when I first learned that you were doing that, it was just like, what the hell? Like, this is so <laughs> random, so random, but also so cool because like nobody kind of our age like gets to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Just to be around that. Oh my God. That, yeah. That luxury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You being so humble about it. Like, <laughs> like, like hmm, I don't talk I much about it, like- you know? Yeah. If I was working with the Habs or something at the Bell Center, man, I'd be bragging all over social media, oh taking pictures every freaking game I'm there. Matthew, yeah. just try and take pictures with the players and be like, fuck yeah. off. And talk to me. <laughs> exactly. Please, I'm there yeah. trying to get yeah, on the cool. ice. That's yeah. really cool. Not for sure. Okay. And one of like the secret perks was I'd always take like a, a little Snapchat like on the game day from like uh, <laughs> like what's it called like field level and everything. Yeah. Like um, I had a few friends who thought I was just like living the good life, spending like a hundred thousand for like these tickets <laughs> week in week out, <laughs> just every Sunday. <laughs> but, yeah, because uh, I I didn't tell a lot of people, you know, I was just keeping it like low key, just kind of like enjoying the time there. Kind of like everyone was busy and it was yeah. still like the pandemic a lot, so like I didn't want to be like you know I'm yeah. doing this and you're like wait till these motherfuckers see my story. Yeah, you're <laughs> locked up at home. That's gotta suck now. Okay. Just yeah. kind of like taking it easy. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good that you're keeping it so humble and low. I assume yeah. that they'd be very happy to have you if you ever wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. You know. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on as the first guest of uh yes. of our podcast. So six yeah, six to four. Six to four. Yeah. It has been great. We want to thank uh, Matthias uh, for joining us here. Six to four. Thank you uh, to, uh, for listening on Spotify or watching here on YouTube with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Peace. We'll see you guys later.